It's Talking Bulls, episode 11, The Last Dance, episodes 3 and 4. Welcome to Talking Bulls, episode 11. Today we're going to cover the last two episodes of The Last Dance, episode 3 and 4. We're going to cover everything that was said and everything that happened in both um, hours. We're going to take a quick break and we'll get back right after this. How do you feel about the Bulls? How would you like to be on our show Talking Bulls and give your thoughts on the team? Send us your emails at talkingbulls 82 at gmail.com. Send us your requests. We'd be glad to hear from you. Welcome back to Talking Bulls fans. Um, so the last dance, episode three and four, just the conclusion of it just ended. And I wanted to do this podcast to talk about it, you know, while it's still fresh in my mind, while everything's still fresh in my mind. It was the development of the Bulls from a one-man team to an actual team that played together. Uh, Michael Jordan had to learn how to play with, within a team concept, and he had to learn how to use his teammates. And Phil Jackson coming in and being hired was a v- very instrumental point for that to happen. And, and Jerry Krause made that happen, of course, by bringing in Phil Jackson. And I would like to know what how what most of you think about the documentary. Uh, like I keep asking you, please leave your messages for the podcast. Send me your emails to talkingbulls at 82. Let us know how you feel about the podcast. I might even bring some of you on to talk about it. But going back to this documentary, um, what I like most about it is how the Bulls had to fight to get through the Pistons. Um, the Dennis Rodman episode was was very uh, interesting as well, seeing how he had went out and partied and did everything he did. And I got to admit to you guys, when the documentary first started and he said Dennis Rodman made the comment saying that, you know, the Bulls wouldn't have won without him, I said that was bullshit. You know, that they could have done it without him. But seeing everything that Rodman did for the team, um, behind closed doors, how he was committed and seeing how he went out and partied and came back and, you know, to go through the type of life that he had and then still come back and be the phenomenal player that he was. I thought that was huge. You know, it was hard, something hard for for a player to do and endure all of that and still be the player that he was. I got a good sense of, yeah, they probably might have not won without him. And the Bulls and Phil Jackson, the Bulls players and Phil Jackson actually thought so. But this documentary just had so much, these two hours had so much information rammed into it. Uh, It was easily the two two best documentaries of the four. Uh, We had Dennis Rodman's thing come up. We had the Detroit Pistons and the Bulls come up. We had uh, Jerry Krause's statement of breaking up the Bulls. And um, the Bulls losing to Utah in the regular season in, in Salt Lake. Right after Jerry Krause made it public that, you know, Phil Jackson would not be back. And that's how they ended off the 
the final hour to get us ready for episodes five and six. But man, Michael Jordan is is everything that he's he's been um said to be over the years. And I got that sense because of Pippen having that migraine in Detroit and not being able to fight through that. And, you know, I felt like the turning point of the Bulls getting through Detroit was, one, Michael Jordan learning how to use his team, and number two, Michael Jordan getting stronger and getting in the gym and lifting weights. Because even with Pippen, they still lost to the Pistons. So that kind of uh, cancels out everything that Shannon Sharp said about Michael Jordan never got by the Pistons without Scottie Pippen. Because with Scottie Pippen, he didn't get by the Pistons. So the turning point was Michael Jordan using his team. But this documentary was um, a lot of information in it, man. Um, to see how Phil connected with his players and how he had them all connected and um, had them uh, engaging in um, was Zudism and practice. Um I felt like he was the Zen master, like they said. He he had a knack for getting players to understand each other and communicate with each other. And I felt like that was instrumental in his coaching. In Phil's first year, after Doug Collins eventually got fired by Jerry Krause, but he had a meeting with Michael Jordan and told Michael Jordan he would have to release Jerry Krause. And Michael Jordan was saying, man, that's going to be a tough decision to make for a guy that got us to the Eastern Conference Finals and he's going to fire him. But it had to be done. And now that we look back on it, Phil Jackson was the better fit. And Phil Jackson just came in and, you know, shared that whole team concept and stressed the triangle offense. And Michael Jordan didn't like the triangle offense because he felt like at the end of the triangle, he was always supposed to be shooting the ball. If somebody else shot it, he didn't believe they would make the shot. And he, he, he had confidence in himself. So when Phil came in and things actually worked out, Michael Jordan more so seeing that, you know, in the 91 finals after John Paxson, he kept kicking it out to him. He kept hitting them shots. He said that was the turning point that showed him, like, yeah, I, my t when I use my team, it, it will work. <laughs> but... I would like to know your comments on The Last Dance. And I really enjoyed these two episodes. And once again, send your emails and comments to talkingbulls82 at gmail.com. And as promised, I will air your, your questions on the air. But um, Scottie Pippen coming back after an injury. And he made the comment that he returned back because he didn't want to be in a standoff with the organization, which the organization would win, and he would get fined, so he didn't want to give them that upper hand. But then Scottie Pippen came to his senses and basically said, you know, F that, I'm going to come back, and I doubt they'll trade me. And at first I didn't know what he meant by that, but when they showed the clip of him, you know, destroying each and every team when he returned, then I knew what he meant, like, yeah, He's going to go out there and bust some ass, and after they see that he's kicking ass and he done turned the team around, they're not going to get rid of him. And they didn't. 
you know, and, and good thing they didn't. I don't believe they would have won a sixth championship. Had they traded Scottie Pippen or it would have been tough. Not going to ever count against Michael Jordan, but it's tough without Scottie Pippen. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about The Last Dance right after this. You're listening to Talking Bulls. Step into the Red Target, known as the Bullseye Facebook group, consisting of 2,200 loyal fans, loyal, passionate fans that really care about the Bulls. Watch us post the most up-to-date information on the team, team news, trades, injuries, and all related Bulls content. Join us on the Bullseye Facebook group. We're back on Talking Bulls. Yes, welcome back. Um, another thing that I really enjoyed seeing and that, that kept my interest in the, uh, in, the, in the documentary was the talk of the Pistons walking off of the court after the Chicago Bulls swept them. And Isaiah Thomas' whole explanation of that you know, I was not buying for him to say, oh, well, you know, that's what was done to us when we lost to the Celtics. And then Michael Jordan uh, was told by the person that was conducting the interview for the last dance that, oh, did you hear what my, Isaiah Thomas said? And Michael Jordan said, no, I didn't, but I know it's going to be some bullshit. <laughs> and when they played it, Michael Jordan was like, um, well, before they played, Michael Jordan was like, I don't care what you show me from him. I just know it's going to be some bullshit, and I know it's just he's going to say something stupid. And they played it for Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan was like, um, well, I still think it's bullshit. And, you know, when they beat us twice, we shook their hands. But you notice that when when we beat them, they didn't shake our hands. So... What he said was correct, because I'm like, I didn't think about that at first. I'm like, yeah, why did they shake the bull's hands? You know, if that's how it is, then and that's how things were done with them in the Celtics, then why did they attempt to shake the bull's hands? Why did they walk midcourt to shake the bull's hands? And it was as I expected. The Pistons were sore losers. They didn't like the fact that the bulls had their number and the bulls had broke the curse that they had over them. And you never really see that. You never really see a team. And they walked off the court when it was still time on the clock. Seven seconds on the clock. That's what made it even worse. I think it was around seven or nine um, seconds left in the game. And they just walked off the court before the game ended. And this is what they said that the Celtics did to them. Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and the Celtics did to them. Uh, but, you know, man... The Bulls got bottom, and they basically, you know, destroyed the Lakers in the finals. And which, which I, which I think, out of all the championships that the Bulls ever won, that was probably their biggest and best, best, best uh, win, their best NBA Finals win. And you think about the Phoenix Suns, and you think about the Blazers and the Sonics and the Utah Jazz. I say Utah Jazz is two and the Lakers is one of the most competitive teams we've beaten in the finals. And when you talk to a, a, a lot of sports fans and a lot of critics of the Bulls, they say, oh, well, 
the Lakers were old that around the time that MJ beat them. But I've always had the philosophy that if you're good enough to get to the finals, you're good enough to win the finals. So you mean to tell me they were they weren't old to defeat the teams to get to the finals, but they were too old to win the finals. I'm not buying that. Michael Jordan beat a pretty solid Laker team with uh James Worthy, Vladi Divac and Byron Scott and Magic Johnson. You know, they go into the forum and win three games. Even more, you know, uh, complimentary to go in there and win three games on the road. And, you know, all in all, the Chicago Bulls have, what, six, what, how many more parts coming up? They have six more parts coming up. And after four parts, I'm already, I'm already like, yo, this is documentary is the shit. A lot of things being revealed. They took us behind the scenes, and we saw how Jordan interacted with the media guys that was posting stories about him. And, you know, it's going to be replaying on ESPN. I think you guys, if you haven't got a chance to go see it, you need to go. You need to see it. You need to tune in and see it. Set it up on your DVR like I did and record it because it's worth it. And I think episode four was the – the best of the the four. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Bulls Nation. Talking Bulls is the new wave, the podcast that speaks the truth to loyal Bulls fans. We'd be honored to hear your thoughts on the Bulls. Shoot us your comments to this podcast on Twitter at TalkingBulls82. Follow us at Spotify and Talking Bulls Facebook group. We're back on Talking Bulls. Another thing I found very, very uh, interesting was the chemistry that Michael Jordan had with Dennis Rodman. I didn't think he talked to, spoke to Michael Jordan at all. Um, judging from the, some of Dennis Rodman's interviews saying he never really spoke to Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen, but in his documentary he says things like he walked in Michael Jordan's room and asked him for a cigar, and they, even though Michael Jordan said that never, he never walks in his room, well, he did it around that time, and he went up to Dennis Rodman's hotel after Dennis Rodman went partying for 48 hours and knocked on his door, and Carmen Electra was in there and had to hide. But that was... A funny ass thing to hear her saying she hid from Michael Jordan, and he, he he had a good enough relationship with Dennis to do that. So I don't think the relationship was that bad, but I never thought they had that type of a relationship or that kind of a relationship. So it was interesting to see that. You know, this documentary has been revealing a lot that we don't know about, and uh, just seeing the Bulls players in their practice facilities working out behind closed doors with the cameras there. It's all priceless, and I can't wait for episodes five and six. Follow me on Twitter, at TalkingBulls82. Follow me on Spotify, and follow me on, what? Follow me, uh, send me your emails at TalkingBulls82 at gmail.com, and I will share your emails on the air. Just send any questions that you might have that you want me to air on the air or answer on the air, and I will do that. And this is my show. This is the conclusion of episode 11 of The Last Dance, parts 3 and 4. 
And we'll be back here for episodes five and six next Sunday when those air. That's my show. Have a good night, fans. Go Bulls. Welcome to Talking Bulls, episode 12.